Good afternoon. I'm your host, David the Shruptacular Shrup. Joined by me is my co-host, the one, the only, the Brandante North. Hello there. Brandon, or Brandante, right? Is that your name? No, I don't think that's my name. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you told me that one time. I actually don't think so. Brandon, Um, today I would like to talk to you about something that I don't even know about you. Okay. How did you get into comic books? How did I get into comic yeah, books? Yeah, talk about how we both got into comic books, but you right now. Well, you see, I got into comic books through the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. That's when I started like really going into the superheroes as a whole and started looking into comics. But just recently, um, I'd say maybe like two years ago, three years ago, that's when I started really collecting comics. And the first series I think I got was actually The Flash, New 52, that led into uh, Spider-Man All New All Different by Dan Slott. And I think that's really where I expanded my little uh, comic book hoarding collection. What about you, David? You know, I think my journey begins significantly earlier than yours, Brandon, I have to admit. So when I was little, I grew up watching the following. The Batman animated series, the Spider-Man Raiming trilogy, just as you very well mentioned. Of course, of course. Batman Beyond. Justice League, Teen Titans. But one thing that really, really resonated me with me the most, perhaps, had to have been Batman The Return of the Joker and actually none other than the Spider-Man 90 series. I remember being a little kid watching Batman and Robin and Batman Forever specifically and always telling my mom, Batman and Batgirl are going to come pick me up so I could be the next Robin, all right? (laughs) And I dreamed of that for so long. However... It wasn't until I was a little bit older that I really started collecting Spider- or excuse me, comics in general. When I was about 11 years old, I would have been in the fifth grade, I became fascinated with Batman Under the Red Hood. I remember it was the first time I really got into collecting comics, and it was because of the movie, you guessed it, Batman Under the Red Hood. <laughs> it was one of the most enjoyable movies ever. The fact that a Robin had died to me was mind-blowing i never thought that would happen additionally i had only been aware of two robins at the time brandon Mm. dick grayson and tim drake so now here i am exploring a whole new robin and so i decided you know what i'm going to make it my goal to collect the death of robin issues leading up to it so that was none other than the death in the family run and i'd follow red hood and nightwing so basically anything robin related i followed so i spent that whole summer trying to collect it well then i ended up finding myself at my grandmother's house in waco brandon oh and i'm like hey Nima, i found this comic book store near you and she takes me and guess what i found there i found a library collection i think is what it's called of batman a death in the family and i loved it it was so interesting to read through it you robbed it right no, I spent no, the fifty dollars. Actually, oh, my grandmother, my grandmother, oh, bought, your it grandmother me. bought it. My grandmother bought it for me, folks. Okay. Uh, I just want an explanation. But uh, I did chip in with twenty five dollars, so Ooh. I didn't pay half of it. It's Wait, actually, how old were you? I would have been about eleven. I was one of the eleven years old. Yeah, twenty five dollars. Yes, I had zero dollars. That's crazy. Uh, I don't know how I got the money. You don't know how the- but anyways, <laughs> I think actually I take that back. My mom used to pay me to pop my acne. You know that my face. Really? Yeah, that probably. I wish I had acne. I, I, it hurt. Anyways. Uh, as I was saying, but it wasn't until I was much older that I really grew into, I always wanted to collect comics. I was always collecting comics even then, but that I grew into the character and wanting to learn about the characters, the psychology of the character. And 
I became really curious about, okay, who is Jason Todd? What makes Batman Batman? Who's Batman Beyond? Who are these characters? I mean, obviously we know they're Bruce Wayne or Terry McGinnis or Jason Todd, mm. but what makes them who they are? And Brandon, when do you think you started to care more, not just about enjoying the superhero stories or whatnot, but who the characters are, the background of the character? Oh, that's that that's a that's a tough question. Um I mean, I think it was mostly I'm not gonna lie, this is gonna be a weird, weird thing that I'm about to say. It's probably I think Flash CW. That I I, I think I got really invested in the Flash CW and wanting to know more about Eobard Thawne and why he became the reverse flash. Like to me, that was so fascinating that this guy legit made it his life goal to be the opposite of the flash and to screw up his life. So I thought that was really cool and fascinating. So that's when I got really invested into Barry Allen, the flash and all the little tidbits about that. And I think it was also Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Uh, funny enough, amazing Spider-Man two, Gwen Stacy's death. Um, I have not been following the comics uh, since that movie came out. And I think once that came out, that's when I started following the old, old Spider-Man comics with Green Goblin, Culinary, stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this this really happened. Like, this is insane. So I, I think for me, it personally probably be that. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I have to say about that. You know, that's, that's such a great point, though, especially that you bring up the Eobard Bond. You know, Eobard Thawne, excuse me, is a very unique villain, especially within the DC uh, universe. I say, I say that because... If you remember, Eobard Thawne loved The Flash growing up. Yeah. He was fascinated with him. And I think it shows that psychologically speaking, that when you develop a desire to be somebody so strong, that then you all of a sudden realize, oh my God, I want to be him. Mm -hmm. And you see, when you hear a lot of stories, well, eventually said person surpasses that story. I remember a little, not really comic book related, and I don't remember his name, but there was a young boy who was fascinated with Michael Phelps. And next thing you know, he's racing against Michael Phelps. And I think he may have even beat them in one race. I can't remember exactly. Now, the reason I bring up this point is because in Eobard Thawne's cases, he never was able to surpass the Flash. Yeah. And that drove him insane. That's what I think is so great about a lot of these characters is they're so complex. They're so fascinating, so diverse. And... Without, with all that being said to me, the best characters that have the most unique and the best system and best setup of complexity between said characters, without a doubt, within both Marvel Universe and DC Universe, for DC, it's got to be Batman. And I'll dive into that here in a minute. And this is at least my opinion, Brandon. Hmm. And for Marvel, it's got to be Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. 100%. But why, why do you think it's 100% with Spider-Man? What is it about Spider-Man that you think is so complex? And it's not somebody per se like, I don't know, Iron Man or Captain America. After all, Captain America has been around since like the 40s. Uh, well, it's also got to be Spider-Man is the guy who where most people would give up in a scenario, be like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to go home, stuff like that. Spider-Man is going to be the guy who goes the extra mile and says, no, I can't because I have a responsibility. I have the power and I have the responsibility to do that. So Spider-Man is the guy that, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to give up. And I think that's what's so great. He's also very relatable being that kid in high school, you know, didn't have much friends, maybe like a one or two. And that's how you got through life. 
and well, he's broke like me. I'm pretty broke. I'm in debt. So <laughs> is this you want to be sharing, sir. <laughs> the world's gonna be hearing this, and this is uh, we can wreck on that, right? No, no. Uh, <laughs> what, what about you? You know, I always believed that when it came to being a hero, there was two different sides of it. When I I'm going back to my story a little bit. I grew up always loving DC. I was mm. always a huge DC fan. It wasn't even until I met Brandon, really, until about, I guess, June or something. Around yeah, June-ish, yeah, around June. And that I even started collecting Spider. Actually, it was a couple months later because I didn't want to. I just wanted to focus on DC. And I always loved DC because DC, I always felt, was the realest of the characters. I always felt that way. And then I... Because of Batman, because of all these guys. I mean, Batman, here he is. He's a normal human being with no powers. I mean, yeah, he has money, but he's also trained in martial arts and all these other different intrasyncrasies of Batman that make him who he is. Then I read Spider-Man, and it's with Spider-Man that I realized that he is the most human of them all. And mm. Brandon made a point that I think he left out something very important about Spider-Man sure. and his character development. He, when If you think about it, there was a time he would not have done that. He would not. He would have given up, and he did. Mm. And that led to his uncle's death. That's correct. It's because he learns from his failure. He learns that he lives with all these failures. And I think that as somebody who myself, who cares so much about everyone's well-being, he treats every single person, no matter who they are, like they're their most important person, like the most important person in their life, in his life. I, uh, I want to talk to you guys about a certain issue that I read, and he, I know Brandon has it, and I've been trying to get him to read it, and that's none other than Big Time. So I'm going to be spoiling stuff here in case you haven't read it. But in Big Time, Spider-Man fails to save Marla Jameson. For those of you who don't know, that is J. Jonah Jameson's second wife. Marla actually, believe it or not, is responsible for what's called a spider slayer, something that uh, Sylvester Smythe, Alistair Smythe. Yeah, Alistair Smythe. Alistair Smythe. I forgot his name there for a second there. Alistair Smythe took over and started using to try and kill all the Jameson family because they he hates J. Jonah Jameson. Hates him. And right, and you see, he was about to kill J. Jonah when immediately Marla saves the, him and gets herself killed. And before she died, she tells J- Jonah, do not blame Spider-Man. Don't blame anyone. And he turns around to Spider-Man. You know what he says, Brandon? He says, this is all my fault. So the next day, the two wake up. There's the funeral. There's all this. But Bur- Spider-Man, he falls asleep. And he wakes up. And he sees none other than Uncle Ben. And Uncle Ben starts out. And it starts out as like, it's okay. I'm not mad at you. But then you start dragging it along, and then he sees all these people he failed, and it's because and you start thinking you he start you start realizing how much each one of these deaths weighs on him. Spider Man takes this stuff so seriously; he lives with every death. But what really got to me about all that was when he had his interaction with Marla Jameson. She said, "Why didn't you save me? Is it because I'm not your Aunt May?" And that's when I realized. Mm. Everything that happens, he he lives with this. He lives with this more than I think any other person. And in the way he handles death is unlike anyone else. I I feel like out of the 
most heroes out of any continuity, whether it's DC or Marvel, Batman and Spider-Man have probably seen some of the most loss out of any, any hero, with Spider-Man probably seeing the most. And the thing is about Spider-Man is he doesn't purposely bring these people into it, into his uh, crime-fighting life or superhero life. They find their way into him. And that's what bothers, and that's what makes him such an amazing character. He's so complex and so diverse. And I'm sorry, I've been talking a lot because I'm new to the Spider-Man, reading Spider-Man. He's been reading Spider-Man forever. But what I know is what I've seen is he is such a strong-minded person. And he lives with everything. And he lives with so much guilt and so much hate. When he has to deal with J. Jonah Jameson, and to me in a lot of ways, J. Jonah Jameson is the anti-Spider-Man. He wants to rid the city of New York, but the way he wants to do it and that scene, no more than in, in this issue, in this volume of big time, when this villain, or not a, not even a villain, just a, he's kind of a super villain, but not really, starts massacring all these people. And J. Jonah Jameson says, I'm going to go in there and kill him. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to have the police go in there and kill him. He's, I forgot to mention he is the mayor. And Peter says, you're God. It's not your job to play God. And with all this stuff happening, I think it's just so interesting to see that because Spider-Man had every right to let him go in there and kill him, especially with his anger, with his hate. He understood what he was feeling. And I can guarantee you he wanted to deal with that. He wanted him to go kill him, but he said, no, you can't do that. And that's where I want you to come in, Brandon. I want you to talk to me about Spider-Man and your what you've read and what you've seen throughout your history of collecting and reading. In like what sense? Like, tell me what you think of the character because I gave really what I see where I saw the most Spider-Man thus far is in Big Time. Mm, so I kind of already said it a little bit with what I had to say, uh, but with like comic series that I've read, uh, I so a lot of people hate the all new, all different run. Uh, I personally liked it. It was after the Superior Spider-Man aftermath, and he has a business. Basically, well, this is I'm a, just a little bit of a, a little spoiler for all you all different. Uh, he that business goes downhill real fast. That because uh, Doc Ock comes back and let's just say the whole uh, Peter Parker has to stop him. Okay, he has to stop him, but in doing so, he gets his company ruined. He doesn't care. He cares about the people more than he cares about others than himself. He's selfless, and I think that's. That's another thing that you see a lot in Spider-Man. He's very selfless. He doesn't do stuff for himself. He has a date. Well, he's not going to be there. Instead, he's going to go save the world. He has to uh, be there for Aunt May. Unfortunately, Aunt May, uh, he's not there for Aunt May all the time. And then their relationship with Aunt May gets ruined. Aunt May starts hating Peter. Sometimes even like, oh my God, that horrible Spider-Man on TV He's just so terrible, and Peter just has to listen to that and not say anything. Why? Because he cares about her, and does you know he doesn't care about. He's not like egotistical or nothing like that. Like for example, Tony Stark, stuff like that. So I mean, from what I've read, and a lot of what you said is also what I have to like say about the character in in terms of you know what Spider Man is, who Spider Man is, stuff like that. So I, I think we've said enough about what we think Spider Man is, and I think. I think we should move on to to Batman actually because you were you were wanting to talk so, about that earlier today. The biggest difference between Batman and I feel like any other hero is he brings in 
a lot of the people that get hurt are brought in directly mm. by him. Whether you're talking about the killing joke and Batgirl getting her back, her back gets broken. I think Ooh. she gets shot in the back by the Joker. That's what happens. Or you're talking about death in the family. Now, as you may or may not know, Batman's gone through a lot of sidekicks. He's had that based on the main continuity. He's had five different Robins. He's had two Robins that have been killed, but there's one specific Robin that I would like to focus on. That Robin is none other than the second Robin, Jason Todd. As I kind of weighed in on earlier that I loved watching Batman Under the Red Hood, reading The Death in the Family. But as I got older, I really started analyzing it and thinking about the complexity of the situation and why in the world he even brings in these little children, specific, mainly young boys. Ooh, and boys. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> you know, you know, these young young children into the field of combat. Why does he do that, David? That's a, that's a great question, Brandon, and that's what I'm about to answer. I'm all right. So Jason Todd is uh, comes from is an orphan. Actually, he wasn't. He was an orphan. Yes, he was. His father was a member of the Two Face Gang and was killed. Oh, okay. And Jason had to live on his own even beforehand, pretty much, because he had to rely on himself. So here he was, he was stealing, getting into all kinds of trouble, all this. Then one day, he comes across this really cool-looking car, this really cool vehicle. It turns out to be the Batmobile. And he's trying, to take the, he's trying to take the tires off the Batmobile. What? And Batman talks to him, and it turns out the kid has nowhere to go. And he says, you know what, I'm willing to, I'll adopt you. And he takes the kid in. And he realizes he's missing the influence of Dick, who was the prior Robin, because he had just quit and said, you know what, I don't want to be deal with this crime fighting, or I don't want to be a part of your shadow. I want to be my own hero. And that's when he goes on, becomes Nightwing, or he goes off to the Titans and then becomes Nightwing, blah, blah, blah. That's a totally different story. And as he trains him, he realizes there's something different about Jason compared to Dick. He's angrier. He has this arrogance, this rage. And soon apparent that not all these chill these chill he's not the same guy and so as he got older jason he became more and more rageful and that story's seen very apparent i don't remember the issue number when and i don't remember the whole story very well but what i do remember is, is the main idea of it some prince rapes this woman and he gets off of it jason does not like that and he shouldn't he decides to take law, the law into his own hands. And he basically kill he killed no, he doesn't basically he kills the dude. He trips the dude off his ledge. He breaks into the dude's house and trips him. And he tries to make it like an accident. And it kind of looks like it because after all, he's trained by the greatest detective ever, who's got all this other training, blah, blah, blah. He knows how to fake something like that. And it was at this moment that I realized, or he realized, not me, but Bruce realized. You bringing these kids in is dangerous. Well, Jason gets pissed off, and then out of the blue, he discovers that his mom's still alive. And Jason, excited, after all, he's an orphan, travels to some country, I think Ethiopia, to find... Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Yes. I have a question. So Batman realizes right there that it's not a good, a good idea I, to take these kids right in, I wouldn't say right then, but he starts realizing he's, it. He starts realizing it. I think he starts but to realize then there, Isn't there like five Robins? There is five Robins, and I, I think that – and allow me to explain everything. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm listening, so I'm just curious. All right. So, with, okay, one thing I'm going to get out here, disclaimer. Jason and Dick are the only t two Robins that had not come to him directly okay. or had already had prior training. 
Mm-hmm. The other two Robins had, or three, excuse me, had prior training. Okay, so two, Tim. Two, Tim did not, but Tim went. All right, I'll get into Tim later. Oh, okay, no, that's me, all right. All right. You'll, you'll understand. But with, anyways, back to Jason. And Jason follows his, finds his mom, and ends up finding himself getting beaten by a crowbar and blown up by the Joker. Batman says, I'm never bringing in another kid again. I'm not doing this. This is not meant for him. Wink, wink, right? Okay, I guess. Let, <laughs> let, let me finish here, Brandon. He says, I'm not bringing in another kid. Well, it turns out there's this Robin, this not, excuse me, spoiler, this Robin. He's spoil, uh, my goodness. Now, there is this boy, or this young dude. Oh, this is a young boy. Who has been keeping track of Batman and Dick Grayson all the way up till now. Hmm. He's already deducted who Bruce is. And he goes up to him and says, you know what? You need another Robin. You need Robin. Robin is a part of who you are. And he says, no, no, I'm not doing that kid. Go away. This isn't safe. So then he tries to have a grown up Dick Grayson say, hey, this isn't safe, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out Dick and Batman are on a mission and Tim finds himself in the Bat cave and what? discovered yes he found his way he found his way to, this kid's a genius okay this what kid is an, absu- an absolute genius finds his way into the back cave really? he already not gone and he notices that something's not right well with his detective skills that this kid has this kid is the, the best detective of the five robins finds out where they are mm-hmm. puts on oh yeah did i mention he puts on the robin suit and saves them really yes he saves the two of them so there's there's this the whole misconception that now that's how he gets Tim Drake becomes Robin. All right, he finally mm-hmm. says, "You know what? Screw it, kid. You've proven yeah. yourself." And then he becomes Ray Robbins. Yeah, not until many, many, many years later. <laughs> After that is Stephanie Brown. I don't know too much about Stephanie Brown, but what I do know is in the early two thousands, her and Tim had a relationship, and she Ooh. was her own. She was called Spoiler. She already had some training. Her dad was a criminal. She knows how to fight, stand her own. He says, you're fired. She gets fired. I also thought she got killed maybe, but I don't know too much about her. Then the fifth Robin is Damian Wayne. I'm not going to get the best Robin, right? My least favorite. (laughs) But that's the history of the Robins. But I want to go back to Jason. Jason Todd ends up getting resurrected. And he says, and he takes under the mantle of Red Hood and starts doing what Batman will. He starts killing everyone that deserves it. All these criminals and stuff. And then he finally gets a hold of the Joker. And he says, Batman, I need you to meet me here. This interaction is one of the most powerful interactions. And he says, why haven't you killed Joker? And he says, there isn't a time that I don't wish he died. And he goes through the most painful of excruciating things. But he just won't do it. Now, I bring this up because Batman sets up a lot of his problems. He creates these kids, but you see, and puts them in the middle of a war. But when you look at it, what he's doing for them, a lot of these kids already have prior training, excluding Dick Grayson and excluding Jason. I think Jason Todd is the most of the exception because he didn't come from any training. He didn't really have any parental guidance. He was a damaged, broken kid. And as bad, even though he may have died, he did, obviously, but he came back and blah, blah, blah. It's part of who he is. And if he hadn't say if he hadn't taken him in, he probably would have ended up a criminal. Yes, you could probably make the argument, well, he didn't have to put him in the world of crime fighting. I just don't think that would have been enough. The kid had so much rage and so much anger. He needed an outing. And for Bruce, growing up as a kid, you have to remember, people forget this. Bruce was put into that world too as a child, training with all these different martial artists, traveling the world, and with all this anger and frustration as a kid. He needed, he realized how much that helped and benefited him. So 
yes, Batman creates his own problems, but he does it for the right reasons. Now, I don't have much to say for today's episode, and I just would like to say, and do you have anything else you want to add before we close out? Uh, I I have uh, so much things to say that I have no idea what to say. So I think I'm done. No, I got nothing. Well, that's all we have for today, folks. And I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. I know today might have been a little rough. This is just our first episode, but I think as we go along, the better it'll sound. With that being say, said, I'd like to say thank you and have a wonderful day.